film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Coming at you from the mean streets of St. Louis, from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. <laughs> Why? Indie Film <laughs> still sucks. That <laughs> sucks. Never does not suck. sucks. Uh, oh, who's that voice in the room? Is that Brock Roberts? Is, that Brock? Is he back off assignment? Cheers. Back, <laughs> back from assignment. Back from assignment. How'd it go, Brock? Uh, you guys miss me or what? Yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> You like the third leg. Yeah, oh, like the third leg on a four-leg stool. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I've been out doing some shit. I'm a pretty busy guy. Uh, so is the movie finished? <laughs> well, hold on. We man. get it done? We before, ready to go? Before we get into that, uh, hey, Brock, you know what's going to happen. Grego, what's your suck? Come on, man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Motherfucker's been gone. He's got plenty of time to think of that shit. That is true. That is true. All Ask right. him. Oh, okay, all right. All right. All right. So, Great. All right. I'm sorry. Brock, Brock what's your suck? People think that you're lucky when you have a little bit of success in your life, right? So I had somebody come over to my house not too long ago, and I don't live in a mansion or anything. I have a decent-sized house. It's pretty nice, um, but it's nothing crazy. You know, it's something you can see just about anywhere. I'm like, man, you're, you're lucky, man. I'm like, well, what? And he goes, man, you got a nice house. You guys got nice cars. Your family's cool. I'm like, oh, uh, thanks. But uh, honestly... It, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. I understand what he's trying to say. I'm not lucky. I bust my fucking ass. No, everything right. you Every have, day. Everything you have, you have worked your well, ass Well, everything we have, thank you, but we all bust our ass. And there's a saying that goes, you know, the harder, harder I work, the luckier I get. You, you know what I mean? Yes. And people think that, you know, we're lucky because we get to make movies. Fuck. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> it is hard, and it's not luck at all. We no. bust our independent filmmakers in general. Hell, big-time filmmakers, they bust their ass to get movies done. You make your own luck, I guess, if you want to call it that. No. So there's my suck. That's well said. Well said. Hi, Greg. My suck is when all of your carefully laid plans fall apart and you have to come up with something else. When you have, and this has happened multiple times, when you have an idea for your next production and you put a lot of work, sometimes years of work into something, and for whatever reason, it falls apart. You know, investors back out, you lose the money, actors back out, whatever happens. COVID. COVID, you, you lose. And this, I mean, this happened before COVID. Right. There, sure. There was a feature film early on, 88mm Productions, we were going to do. You know, we shot an investor teaser for it and everything, and then we just couldn't pull everything together that that had to be pulled together i'd like to say that it's money but i i was just thinking about kubrick for years wanted to make a film about napoleon okay ridley scott has i think they're wrapping up uh, yeah, 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 with joaquin yeah. phoenix, joaquin uh, phoenix yeah. I, and i love ridley scott love joaquin phoenix i'm really looking forward to seeing this movie uh that was a thing that lots of people tried to do it just fell apart right and that's a thing about filmmaking at all levels. It's kind of built on a foundation of sand, and it's kind of a house of cards. I guess maybe luck does play a part into it because you never know when what you're doing and what you're planning for 
isn't going to be there. That's a sucky thing. I mean, a lot of times, until you're done with the film, you're still worried about, am I going to get done with That's it? That's a good point. So e even from the inception to completion, it's one long worry. Yeah, that's that's my suck. All right. Yeah, you guys thought I was gonna play off maybe what you guys said, but I'm not. Oh, you got a you got a thought? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hear I've this. A couple original Let's thoughts hear this, here Chris. In the last couple of podcasts. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I probably discussed on this a little bit, but we always talk about time. Time's been a big suck for me now um, with balancing the time. And if you put it in an independent film sense, do we have time to do everything possible in? the time that isn't planned by you, right? Because a lot of stuff in independent film isn't planned by you. You have to do it when it comes up. Based on circumstance. Yes, and it, it, you have to do it when the time's available for most people. Or you have to do it because you have to get something out by a certain, a certain time. So I've been really struggling with lately is the calendar aspect of it and go, man, when Red Knight is done... What kind of time do I have to budget for that and what's it going to look like? It's just the suck of trying to manage everything else outside of independent film with managing within independent film to make both work at the exact same time, if I can keep using that word. Yeah. Um, just the unknowns and trying to put things on the calendar of scheduling and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of... I don't know. And you were asking Brock going, you know, is the movie done? I was away for two weeks and now we're done like this. So, hey guys, we are really close, right? Yeah, so we're, what I is mean, taking so fucking long with this thing? What's going on here? Well, That's I, what I get asked. <laughs> you know, and, and I think I asked the same thing, Brock, is, yeah. is not understanding the process as much as you guys both do. But I think tonight, why don't we just walk through the entire process of what we consider filmmaking. I was explaining to Kelly, uh, my, my girlfriend, just the other night. I was talking to her about the process. I said, it always starts, for me, and I can't speak for everyone else, it starts with an idea, an overall concept. And I'm always excited, like, oh, this idea is great, right? And then from there, I'll start kind of working through it in my head. Like, the initial idea is, I, I, and I have tons of initial ideas, and they're awesome. But then I start thinking about, okay, what is the feasibility of making this into a story? Not, not even making it into a movie. How can I take this idea and make it into a story that makes sense? And sometimes, no matter what I do, I can't. I'll have an initial idea and mm -hmm. it just goes nowhere. Sure. But if, if I can, if I do, if I have the initial idea and that works its way into a story that makes sense, I will write out, eventually, I'll, I'll do the outline for that story. Okay which is still a long way from being scripted. But it's like, if I can go from point A to point B, and it all makes sense, like, okay, this can make a compelling story, then that'll move on to the next stage. Is that kind of like a treatment? Is that what you'd call it? Or a scriptment? You're far away from that. What is, when, is, is when just, do you get to treatment? Is yeah. it just an outline or is it a it, treatment? It, it's, for me, it's just an outline. Okay. After I have the initial concept and if I like it, and, and I mean, I have at any given time, you know, 10 ideas floating around in my head. And some of these I've had for years and I haven't done anything other than I have a catalog. Okay, I want to make a story about this. Right. Right. But I, I don't go any further than that. Once I pick something, it's usually based on, okay, what can we reasonably do? That's how Red Knight at Skies came about. Because COVID killed Cruiser, so I started... I took about a month to just be depressed 
And then I thought, what could be, what could we reasonably do? And I came up with the story that it's one location and it's in the pawn shop and blah blah blah. Right, you took everything into consideration in writing that part of the story. But even then, it took a long time to go from that initial concept to a finished idea. Okay, so let's take Red Nine, put it in context. What date was that where you said I'm going to start this process? I wrote the initial concept for Red Knight in November of 2019. Okay. Because, so Because we were going to go into production on Cruiser in 2020, and then I, I had the idea that I jotted down. Okay, so that's where that came from, and you're like, i got to move this up to the forefront because I can, I can adapt it to our current situation. Yeah, once, once Cruiser was shut down, it took me a good six, seven months to take the idea that I had for Red Knight to turn it into a script. Okay, and this is the process, right? And even when we're trying to yeah. drive a new project because we have got a cast That's wave. half a year Yeah, right there, just in getting the first script. Well, out. because for me, for instance, there was a scene in Red Knight that was in there from the beginning of my idea. Right. And and I, I had this in my head that this scene is in here and it has to be this way and it has to take place at this time. And you built around there? I couldn't get past this scene. Because we have, we have to go from point A to point B in the story. Right. And I could not figure out a way to get past this scene. And I was talking to someone about it and they said, what if that scene doesn't happen? What if the characters go to the situation and it's not what they expect? And then once I heard that, that opened up a whole new different world for me. So that scene that I was stuck on forever, I took that out, and then it, it changed things dramatically. Okay, so it allowed you to get through that writing process. How many drafts, if you want to say? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, but even sending it off it's, to it's, it's people who independently look at drafts, right, and taking those ideas—that's yeah. all. So we're not even pre-production yet. So, so the way it works no. for me is I'll write you know, the initial concept, and I'll write the first draft, and I'll, I'll try to pound that out, and then I'll go back and revise in the second draft. The third draft is maybe when I'll show people to get their feedback. Hey, what do you think about this? And then maybe by the eighth or ninth draft, that's when it gets sent off to the professional screenplay readers. I highly advise doing that to young screenwriters. It was good feedback. I mean, that's the first time I saw the feedback. Yeah. And it's interesting, because we, we, we with three, right? Yeah. And you can take the, the 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 subjects they all agree upon, throw those out because you know you nailed those, and then you look at the ones where <clears throat> two or three of them scored you lower, I guess if you want to call it a score. Yeah. And then you can say, are they right or wrong in this case? But it allows you to relook back and say, am I missing a plot point or am I missing this? So I that was interesting for me to see that as a producer. Yeah, that's the most important thing is get someone else's feedback yep. on your story. I think it's worth every penny. Even yep. if you get the information and you don't like it, you disagree with it, it's like, okay, at least someone else who is not related to me in any way, they're a theoretically completely neutral professional. I paid them money to read this script, mm -hmm. and they said, okay, here's what I think. Here's what works, here's what doesn't. Yeah. Uh, very helpful. Yep, I agree. And sometimes you hear the same thing from the three different people. Yeah, that don't even know each other. No, that's what I so, said. Yeah. You, you take those comments and go, yeah, "Wow, they you, all said you the take same those thing. to heart." Yes, and no, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. then then <laughs> you get that back and do another draft or two. Sometimes incorporating their ideas. Sometimes like, eh, I don't really agree with right. that. But whatever. Yeah. So I, I think by the time we went into production on Red Knight, we were maybe draft thirteen, fourteen. Okay. So pre-production like or production production. By the time we went to production. Okay. And then, of course, when you get in production, it changes again. No, I mean, yeah, but those are changes on the fly. So right? the working those script are... is script number? 
in the teens? Yeah, somewhere okay. in the teens. All right. Okay, so now and that's we, a that's a year, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. what is that time frame? Because we got yeah. a script now. We don't have a cast. We don't have a crew. We don't. <laughs> no. Are we working on things simultaneously, or are we are we waiting for the script? I think we were working on things simultaneously. Okay. And then when I wrote it, I mean, I, I had certain actors in mind. So we started asking actors. Yeah, I mean, Brock was one. I, I wrote. Well, we knew that. I wrote but... the character for Brock, but then there were other characters I wrote specifically for either actors I had worked with before or actors that came highly regarded that I had wanted to work with. And some of the people that I wrote parts for right. either couldn't commit or they did commit and they dropped out or whatever. So then I had to recast. And there were some parts we had to go like three or four actors deep into the bench. Yeah, because by this time we know our shooting schedule is set. Yeah. So we've already set our shooting schedule for these dates. We know we're going to shoot two weeks and a couple yeah. weekends. So we well, already know that part. Well, just to back up just a hair, though. So after we got the script going and we started pre-production, which let's explain to him what pre-production actually is. For real, us. Real quick. Least. So when did we start pre-production in the script writing phase? Well, in pre-production, what it actually is is, well, it's locking down locations, getting actors, getting the DP, getting your uh, crew, the rest of your cast, and the money. Yeah. So that's how I just spit out a bunch of things. <laughs> and every, at, every little... Thing I just said takes time to get finished and developed and, and get ready to go. So it takes a lot of time to raise the money, to find the right actors, to find the, the DP and the correct crew. So that all just that quick thing I said is is a whole lot of work. Oh yeah. That's the one that, so how that's long why did that take from that's what I'm trying to lay this out from the time we started in nineteen, late nineteen. Well to we, 2023 where we are it, today telling it, the story. It started it was about a year. All right, so Brock, you just rattled off a bunch of stuff about pre-production. So when did when did we start? When did that start in the script writing process? Six months in, eight months in? Probably six, eight months in. Right, and we started with what locations? Probably because we started knowing when we had to try to start driving some locations. I, I think we started looking for locations and assembling cast. Yeah. Okay, those were our first two. Yeah. So when when was the importance of the crew though come in come into play? Because Brock, you rattled kind of off about, about the sa- kind of about the same time I ever. I mean, I it was all roughly simultaneous. Okay, so that all kind of it's a lot of work just right trying to do it all at the same time to expedite things because it does take a long time. If we, we just tried to reach out for one actor, wait for them, the next actor, then now we have to find our DP. Or, it just take way too long. So. Gotcha. No, no, no. Because I was all new in all this. Yeah. So I was like taking your lead. You guys yeah. were basically giving me directions saying, hey, you need to call this person. You need to try to drive this. Or, hey, these are the locations we're looking for. And we put this big spreadsheet together. Yeah. We, we got the cast before most of the crew because the people we had trouble locking down uh, was an effects person. Because we had one guy locked in. You always go with your gut. My gut was like, this guy's going to gonna bail or flake no 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 it was interesting because there was some, some concerns about covid and some other stuff and which were respectful and i remember talking to him on the right. phone yeah and just having that conversation and i'm glad we went with who we went with yeah and it, it all worked out for it, the best it did. and but, again brock luck but uh, our effects guy was awesome yeah no no zach uh, zach. zach elston yeah he killed it and he actually worked on our cruiser investor teaser he did he killed it there too uh, but the other other departments we had difficulty filling were uh, wardrobe, wardrobe for sure, and Kathleen just was crushed. So it. awesome, and a lot of people came in at the last minute, yeah. to just kind of drive the production side of things. And uh, our production designer, production designer, who was the same production designer from 
Oscar Tangle Hellwater. Okay. Nathan's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott Brahan. Again, just a, a guy that, because we could not lock down a production designer. He made shit look real. So now, when did we fire back up? October of 2021. So he had to shut down Cruiser. Then you wrote Red Knight. We got everything in place. Had to shut it down officially for COVID. Yes. Because it didn't make sense going forward. And nobody was making anything at that time. No. So now we're 2021? Yes, October 2021 when we started shooting. And we you know, had all the locations. And most of the actors, again, I know we talked about that before already. But When did we make the decision to fire back up, though? What was, what was that? That's what I'm trying to think back to on that time frame. To go, well, what, we feel what like we're comfortable was our, our DP, uh, Stanzi, was, he, he still elected to shoot for us in the same time frame a year later. I know we talked about that too, but uh, so we decided to keep those the same time frame and just same shooting schedule a year later. But we were able to keep the same, most of the same locations. We talked about this other podcast. Yeah. A lot of the cast, we made our decisions to do certain things. Uh, so now we're shooting. So 2019, 2021, mm-hmm. we're finally launching this bastard. Well, shooting's easy. Everybody understands. We had a schedule. We stuck to it. Yep. 16 I'm, days. Bam, bam, bam. 16 days. So Knocked it out really quick. I guess that's the point of this whole podcast for me and just even bringing up the subject is... 16 days to shoot the movie. And two years. And two (laughs) years to get those 16 days. Thank you very much because of everything that happened. I guess that was a long way to get to this point. And then think about this. (laughs) Two years, 16 days to get about 90 minutes. Yeah. It's insane. It's fucking crazy. I think that's important for people to understand is you never lost the vision. We're just just so goddamn lucky, aren't we? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Especially you, Brock. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, think about that. Ryan Lanner, World War II film was three years a thousand days a thousand days yeah to get 87 minutes yeah worth <laughs> yeah. of film no that's that's what i guess i was trying to get a my point across with this so now we wrap everybody's excited big rap party right that's what everybody wants get the rap party we did have a nice rap party. Yeah. <laughs> i know but that's that's what everybody wants right and, and let me put a shout out to that party real quick because we, we did have a really nice rap party almost everybody involved who could make it did uh Chris made a nice tribute uh, video. It's kind of like a thank you to everybody. Yeah. And no, Shane uh, put a nice video together, too. Our behind-the-scenes the guy, yeah. Shane yeah. Kell. Uh, we ate well. We drank well. We had a good time. And it's, it, I know uh, whenever we have our, our red carpet premiere or whatever, uh, we'll have another good time. But uh, it, we had a good rap party, and that was a year ago. Right. Everybody's like, oh, the rap party. But from being behind the scenes and being in production and seeing every single step along the way, it was, we got to get this over to Jeff. We didn't have Jeff hired. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's another thing I just thought of before we went into production. Do you guys remember what we did in the summer of uh, 2021? Uh, I don't think I can talk about it here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we did our backyard film series. Ah, the backyard film series. When we showed all of our feature films in my backyard. Yep. That led up right until we started production. Yes, when yes, yes, yes. We were trying to drive people and bring people in and do certain things yes. to uh, get get excited about it. So we had our, our, our summer series, and that was born of me and Brock were talking like, we should just, we've made all these movies. Yeah. We haven't seen or screened some of these in years. We should just like come over here, drink a few beers, and watch our movies. Mm-hmm. And that turned into, well, why don't we show them to people? 
have a few beers, have a have some chips, have some laughs, and 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 watch our films. Yeah. Next thing we know, we're borrowing a base screen. We got speakers from somebody that you knew, Brock. Yeah, brother. And, yeah. DJ and, system. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we what was the first one? 25, 25, 30 people yeah, came was, out. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then last year we showed all of our short films. So now we're, we're wrapped, and we're still deciding on an editor. There were like three or four choices for editor, and they're all good choices, good editors. Like Stanzi was in a running to edit, and this, uh, this guy Aaron Crozier, this uh, person, we never spoke to her about it, but Hannah Radcliffe was someone that, mm-hmm. uh, that we were thinking about. I wanted that to approach. All of, all of them would have been great. No, because we needed the right person for our film. Well, we, That's we just like we picked Stanzi because we, we knew he was going to be perfect for our film. Right. We knew the editor had to be the right person yeah. for our film, and too. Stanzi recommended Jeff Wedding, and I called up Jeff because Jeff shot second camera mm-hmm. on the film, so he was familiar with it. Yeah. And I, I did not know that he was an editor. No, I didn't either, but he had put that movie out. I can't think of the name of it now. With Tennessee Gothic. Tennessee mm-hmm. Gothic. That won a bunch of awards. He directed, wrote, and, yeah. and, and edited and, that and himself. Edited. Yep. When Stanzi was bringing his crew in to work, so I'm bringing up Jeff Wedding. I was like, oh, man, is this guy going to yeah, think what's we're... This oh, what's this going to cost? Is he going to think we're a bunch of assholes? <laughs> is, is he going to think, oh, well, I don't want to work for you know for these jerks? And, you know, couldn't have been a nicer guy. No. No, he's a, he's a stand-up dude. We got the movie done, and we had considered editors, right, in the process. We were thinking yeah. about certain things, but we didn't have anybody hired yet again lucky no well because we had to raise money for it i know and i cannot say this strongly enough i did not want to edit the film but i was like if we can't raise any money if we have no resources at the last extremity i can in fact edit the film in all seriousness we didn't want you to edit it either no because we knew you needed that separation just like we discussed you needed separation as a director yeah on the film, you you did not. We needed another vision. We needed your vision we, to be we, picked up by somebody else. We definitely did, and I know Chris, Greg, you made a, a a trailer, yeah, and then gave that trailer to Jeff and said, "This is kind of what I did. Let's see what you can do." And and he he made his own trailer that we showed everybody at that party. And he crushed it. Oh, yeah. Well, we stopped him in the middle of his editing. That's right. Uh, well, the only reason he actually made the trailer is because we had people already interested in our movie. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we needed a, a, a trailer. And Chris, you said, you know, we'd like to have Jeff do it, not you, not your trailer. Yeah. And was I, like, I, right, because I said mine's not good enough, and I knew it wasn't. Yes, because that's what he was focusing on 100% of the time, and that's what his role was to edit. Can you tell people what editing actually is? I mean, essentially, what in its basic form, you you take the raw footage that you shot and you assemble it into a film and a story that makes logical sense. At its basic form, anybody can do that. But it takes a real trained eye and a person with a real penchant for editing to draw the very best performance out of sometimes frames. I'm a pretty competent editor myself, but I don't think you should edit your own stuff if if you no, can. you're too close to it. You've seen it too much. You've. It, I'm glad this is the process we went through. I'm glad we had enough money to raise to, to hire Jeff, and he's gone above and beyond what we talked about it before. You got to wear many hats. You got to go above and beyond for an independent film. And this is his film as much as it is ours. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah. he has owned it, and uh, that's why that's why this part has taken so long because we keep coming up with things to make it crisper cleaner better right because he's yeah. even going back on hey i think i can do a little bit more here 
cool, man. Well, he he came up to St. Louis last November, I think it was, because there was uh, a part in the movie. It just I, I realized like we need a bridge here. Yeah. We need we need we need a scene to fill this this gap. And you don't a hundred percent need it, but if you have it, it's going to make it better. And talk to Jeff, he agreed completely. Came up, he <laughs> he shot it. He was telling me the date, and he comes up and shoots it. <laughs> yeah, I ran sound for it. Yeah, and uh, it it makes the film that much better. Yeah, and you're not going to get every editor to do that. <laughs> you're not going to get hardly any editor. To no, do that. you talked no. about luck, Brock, and we. We didn't get lucky. We knew what we had, and we learned to wait, and we learned to be patient through our whole process. Yes. Our, and we're even being patient now, and this is why the movie isn't out. So this is what I wanted to try to sum up tonight was 2019 to this, a year and something to write, pull the cast together, pause for COVID, and shoot. 16 days to shoot. So then you got a finished movie cut. Then you got to do what? Color correction to make everything flow. You can talk about that. You have more knowledge about that than me. Then you got to drop in the score and music and, and background noises and yeah, just clean work. up the sound. There's so much that goes into the editing process. So whatever time that is, you can say it takes a lot of time. Whatever that is, that's relative mm-hmm. is a statement. That's the mistake that film, young filmmakers make. That's the mistake I've made is you're rushing to get it done. Again, you have one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. And if that film is not 100% complete, that is what people are going to take away from it. They're going to take away your your crappy sound. Even though it's not the final sound, they're going to take away your crappy color. And you can explain it all beforehand, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I can totally picture it. But they can't. They won't. And they're going to use it against you also. Right. If that's the picture, and that's your budget, and you're done, and you don't have any more resources, it's okay to be finished with a project. It is. It's That's okay, but that's the learning process to understand. All movies have so many layers on it before the viewer sees it. Yeah. There's many film groups on Facebook I'm a part of, and there's one, it's like film everything st louis something like that and there's a young filmmaker on there in production right now or they're starting production in a week and they still don't have everything locked down he's like trying to lock down a police car asking hey does anyone know where i can get a cop car and i just want to say man just wait don't start making the film until you have those elements in place if if it's key to the plot yeah if it's key to right the plot, if you can't rewrite it or do something but if it's all based around this cop car blowing up or whatever the hell you have yeah, it's wait like, for the cop car. Yeah, just just wait. Don't don't start before you're ready because then you're always going to be behind and the final product is going to suffer for it. I know that excitement, I know that yeah. feeling. You just want to get in the production, you just want to go go go, you just want to make it happen. But man, just slow down. Well, I mean, the excitement of people seeing it's ex- going to be exactly the same whether you do it early when it's not ready yeah. or you do it when it's ready. Right, it's only going to be that much of a better product. If you if you can wait, wait. I get it if you can't, because you might have a DP that has to shoot on a certain time. <laughs> but what you control is pre-production and post-production. That's what you control. You control those time frames, right? You kind of. Kind of. Well, kinda. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying when the movie is right, because shooting is yours. That's that's your your time. Pre-production, if don't have the cop car, could you have weighed it or could you could you alter it to make do it? Don't shoot it when it's not ready because you're always going to be thinking about going, shit, tomorrow's the cop car scene and we don't have the cop car. And you're, it's always going to be stressful. Yeah. And then post-production is let, let those people do their craft. 
So unless you got a Christmas movie, which I think we heard James Dean talk about going, hey, it could be ready for Christmas. But there's a Christmas every year that I'll put it out on. Yeah. What a great attitude for that. You know, when he was talking about that, he goes, I got I got this thing. Yeah. Would I love it to be ready for this Christmas? That's my goal to have it ready because it's a timely movie. But there's a Christmas every year. There's a rule of thumb with making movies. In Hollywood, it's it's pretty much two years. From script to, to screen, it's two years. That's basically kind of actually that's what we went on minus the COVID year that right uh, yeah yeah the script so we're actually we're, we're kind of on track. People are asking me to uh, investors or just friends and family who were involved oh. or just heard about us making a movie. They're like, "When's it coming out?" Fuck, it's a bit forever. I'm like, I know, but this is some hard shit. Uh, it takes time. Listen to the podcast while you're waiting. Yeah, listen to the podcast. <laughs> we, got, something. we got content out there. Go go buy a movie we yeah. just did or go, hell, I'll, I'll show it to you for free if you come over to my house. Yeah, and what's crazy is, is real quick, I I, I got to say, so over the last couple of weeks, this is, I forget what episode this is, it doesn't even matter, but um, I've had people DM me that aren't even in the business. They're just friends or acquaintances and every literally every week I get somebody saying, hey, man, I'm not in the filmmaking business or nothing, but uh, you posted on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and uh, I, I checked it out. And this is a, some fun stuff. So I just want to say thanks to those people who, you know, they don't, they're not even into filmmaking, but they think what we're, we're doing is cool, and they, they like the inside baseball. I've heard the same thing, though, honestly. Uh, a lot of people reach out to me and said, hey, I really like what you guys are doing. I, yeah. I like the insights, I like the stories. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people aren't film people. Which I, I didn't. I, I expected our audience would mostly be filmmakers. Red Knight is not quite ready, and I, I hope that we got a big announcement come in, and then we can start diving into things that we want to talk about about Red Knight, and, and really, really start getting into the inside about that. But I thought tonight was a good opportunity to talk about. It's not done yet, but here's the process of how it got to where it was. Because holy crap, it. It is a lot of steps, a lot of things. Brock, you mentioned it tonight, how many things just go into pre-production, mm -hmm. how many things go into post. That all takes time. If you can avoid not rushing one of those steps, you're going to have a better film for it. And if everybody could just slow down and just wait for the process to come, don't get anxious that I think everybody's going to be better off for it. Your investors... Us, yeah. you know, as producers, you the, know, the audience the, who sees the movie. Exactly. Because everybody's going to still be excited when you launch that date because they might say, oh, you're still working on that, but they're going to come see it. Right. And if you tease it right and you promote it right and you do everything right, it'll be like you just did it yesterday because mm -hmm. people will forget that you did it so long ago. So yeah, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about how long everything takes and, and most people don't realize what it takes just to shoot, just to do one shot in one scene. The setup, the the exhaustion you take just to get the location and the actors, the script and the camera setup, the lighting. I mean, it's exhausting just it to is. get one sentence out before before the director even says action for the first time. It is an amazing amount of work that a lot of people have to put in. Yeah, and then uh, it's over pretty quick because you know sixteen days goes pretty quick. Oh yeah, and we obviously we could have used thirty two. Those are the money days. I think editors, the editor set, and I, I talked a little bit about the the little the little money that you have to spend here and there about taxes and this and this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the small stuff. It sucks. It sucks those little nuances of bills. But you know, the editor's fee set. Certain things are set, but shooting, that's the money days. It is, but nobody's gonna give a shit. Uh, 
I just want them to go see the movie. I don't, I don't want them to think about all that little stuff. But <laughs> no, some, I know, but some people love the nuance. That's why we're talking about yes. this. Yes. And um, I, I just hope that when they see the film, they just watch it for the film itself and then maybe think about, man, these guys, it, how hard it really is to make a movie, maybe later. I want them to enjoy the movie at the time they're watching it. Money helps out everything, right? Money makes things smoother. Money makes things faster. But you know what? The process, even with money, Same. is still not a fast process. Mm-hmm. No, no, right. But I would put more money into extending your... If, if I had to choose what the to do with days. my book, money, the shoot days. If you have a car crash or an explosion, that might take three days. Yeah. For just that minute 30 seconds of the movie, might take three days. I broke it down and goes, guys, it costs us X amount a day. To shoot this movie. You're telling me I got 16 days? This is how much we got to spend each yeah. day. Yeah. And some fluctuate with who's on set with the actors and stuff like that, but you can break that out and average it average. out. Yep. Right. But here's how much food's going to cost per day because this is how much food costs per person. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was important. If you do get money, that's where I would put it. Yeah. Is extending out the days because you know your editor's price. You know how much it costs to get songs. You know how much it costs to get it with that kind of stuff. So anyway, I thought this was a good conversation. Brock, hope this is what. Hope you had a good uh, I'm glad assi- I came back. assignment. I, I'm glad I came back to save your asses. Well, thank you. All You're right. welcome. No, oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I like, had to do it. And I, no, I like having that third voice because I'm sorry you had to listen to Chris and I. I thought the first one was pretty good. I don't do know. You about like the second. Second. Oh, no, 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 that's gold. That's solid gold. And thank baby. you, thank you to all the people that bought. Oh, I mean, uh, and all the feedback we've the received feedback is just amazing. It was, it was awesome. Wait, what the fuck were you guys selling when I was gone? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, listen get, to the podcast. Yes. Go I back and listen. listen. We need you to put more money in the account I, because... I, if I'm not involved, I ain't listening. Fuck it. <laughs> so, hold on a second. Uh, who do we got coming up next week? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we got another guest, and this, uh, guy, this guy's real exciting. Trevor Edward Younger. Yeah. He's done, let's see, Coyote, feature film. Uh, the Man in Room 6 feature film. Which he is, is he's a professor at Webster University. Uh, super talented guy. Super super cool, interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, loves film as much as the rest of us. He is Jackie in his movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jackie Kelly. Just a great, honest conversation. You know, he's just a great dude. Yeah. So uh, make sure you listen into that. Uh, follow him. Check out his stuff. But listen in next week. And, uh, man, hopefully we're going to have big. I know we're going to have big news for you coming up. Yeah, Red Knight is very close. And and man, once once we hit that, we're gonna get into some some pretty sucky shit. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast, I know we, we like on our first episode going way back then, however many weeks ago it was, the reason we did this is to let people get to know us, but yes. also the inside baseball of independent filmmaking. We laugh a lot, we joke a lot, and we talk about how indie film sucks. Hopefully, people will take away from this, like, okay, I learned something about this process i learned maybe what i shouldn't do or i learned maybe i thought this was one way and it's actually not so if if we can save anyone from any of the grief we've gone through <laughs> that's that's what i want no to do. that that is key that is key yes so anyway grega we talked about a lot tonight we have we have we did talk about the god grega yourself we've what? talked about the highs oh yeah the highs the lows <laughs> and the in between of true independent filmmaking on the Any Film Sucks podcast. Now brought you, to you by 88mm Productions. You know, all the social like, like, like and share. Like and share. And if you were one of the people out of the millions that didn't give us money, <laughs> money, sorry. 
Cut that. <laughs> buy buy one of our things. Buy DVD or wait. Exactly. Buy download. Exactly. This is why I drink. Yeah. All right. Denmark. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the indie film sucks.